It's Wednesday, July 15th, 2020. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chesko. Hey, Chet, we got some technical issues. We're going to get through it. We've had bigger problems in the past, and we've always made it through. We're going to do it again tonight. Yeah, it's 2020, so this is the year where everything goes wrong for everybody. So we thought we'd have a little uh, glitch tonight, too. But we're going to get through it. we got a great guest, lots to talk about. Yes, sir. And, hey, Major League Baseball continues to push forward to start the season. Exhibition games this weekend, season opener next Friday against the Marlins. NBA is in the Orlando bubble, and the Flyers are headed to their Toronto bubble. The NFL and college football seem to be going in the other direction, though. Um, we have our Philly Press Box Radio Hall of Fame class to discuss. Jason Peters is an eagle again. And Joey Belko is making his first visit to Philly Press Box Radio. That is all true, Bill. And, you know, I like the Peters signing. The fact is he's being brought back to play guard in place of the out for the year, Brandon Brooks. I think it's going to work out. We'll discuss that a bit more uh, in a few minutes. And as you know, I've had a lot of doubts about whether these return-to-play plans would actually pan out. But we are getting closer and closer to it becoming reality. So, Hopefully, they'll pull it off. And, you know, Bill, something else that you didn't mention, we have this on tap tonight, too. A little beer talk from me later in the show. So, Oh, uh, well, there, there you go. Uh, I'm sure we'll always find time to fit that in for you, Chad, <laughs> along with probably a music clip here, too, because you never know. I think there's a birthday to talk about for some old lady. <laughs> That's true, so stay tuned. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, as we mentioned over the last month, Chad, uh, our new relationship with Edge of Philly Sports. We've had Big Al Safari with us. We've had Freddie the Legend Burns. I don't know if that anybody else calls him Legend, but I'll call him the Legend. He's been on. We had them both on a few weeks back. And uh, tonight, the third leg of the group, Joey Sheeran, a.k.a. Joey Delco, will be joining us to talk Philly Sports as well. Yeah, we've known Freddie for a long time, of course. You know, he was Fred Hugo most of the time when uh, he was with us, Hugo. Uh, Big Al is the big boss over there at Edge of Philly Sports, but I have a hunch it's Joey Delco that's really the engine that makes stuff happen over there, you know? <laughs> well, we're going to find out. So let's welcome Joey Sheeran on his first visit to Philly Press Box Radio. Joey, welcome. What's going on, fellas? Bill, Chet, it's a pleasure to be on. Uh, and Chet, you are 100% right. I am the driving force behind Edge of Philly Sports. I brought Al on as a, you know, as, as a friendship type of thing. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> well, you know, Joe, since this is your first time visiting, uh, just in case people aren't familiar with Edge of Philly Sports, sure. first of all, shame on them. Uh, tell <laughs> us about that operation, your weekly show, and uh, the network that you have now, and how you guys all did get together a few years ago. Yeah, well, me and Al were uh, lifelong friends, grew up on the same street. I mean, our, our mothers were friends, so, I mean, that was just, you know, a match made in heaven, I guess you can say. And then we did another podcast, actually out of Al's basement. We, you know, built a studio down there. Did that for about five or six years, and then things kind of became stagnant. Other people were going off and doing other things. Me and Al always had a passion for sports, so we said, why not we, uh, you know, get together and, you know, put out a, a sports thing and that's that's really how the magic started happening and then uh a little um, maybe a year or two after no i'm, I'm probably about a year 
Uh, Fred actually joined our fantasy football league, and he was the biggest trash talker in there. <laughs> so, uh, so we hit it off right away. So he he actually the 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 show that my son was being born i obviously couldn't be there and fred's first time on the show was covering for me and he did a fantastic job so we continued to ask him back and then uh i mean the chemistry was there so we came a three-piece team and then we just wanted to make everything blossom and get everybody else into our vision and now we have a flyers podcast we have, uh, obviously, you guys joined on, Lax Philadelphia, uh, Bird's IQ. I mean, we're, we're, we're growing, and it's, it's full steam ahead. Good deal. Well, hey, uh, Joey, as, as Chet mentioned in the opening, Jason Peters is, a, is an eagle. Yes, he yes. The NFL is going to play or not, we'll, we'll get to that. But uh, Jason Peters looks like he's going to be, for now, the, the guard, uh, the right guard, possibly the left guard. We'll see. Uh, Chet? is on board, obviously. I'm not so much, but what do you think about that signing? Well, I think going into what the big speculation was between Brian Baldinger's tweet was, uh, it was going to be a big, big roster signing. And I, I feel like everybody either thought it was going to be a Yannick trade or signing of Javadian Clowney. Uh, I personally thought it was going to be Jason Peters. Number one, I know Baldy's a big fan of him. Uh, number two, the Eagles are really lucky to kind of have or have had Jason P- Peters in their back pocket for this possible signing. I mean, he obviously could have taken bigger money elsewhere if the opportunity was there. God forbid Brandon Brooks goes down for the season. I personally thought that Matt Pryor had the job. It was his job to lose. He was very serviceable last season when Brooks went out. And I think it's a little bit of a mystery with Peters going to right guard over left guard because you have to figure there's a lot of muscle memory for him playing the left side. And plus his experience and all, and already taken Dillard under his wing, he would, he would be more, he would be more fit to help on the left side than, uh, you know, really helping Lane Johnson, arguably the best right tackle in the game uh, on, on his side. And, you know, rightfully so taking over the Brandon Brooks spot. I thought it was Matt Pryor. Isaac Saymalo could move over. I mean, really, we don't know what's going to happen. Another thing is, uh, Jason Peters, there's not really going to be much of a training camp. You don't know how much time he's going to get to basically learn this whole new position, whole new side of the ball. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I totally agree, but I, I think it's going to work. I mean, as long as he can stay healthy, which is a question that, that's been a question the last five or six years with Jason Peters. Yeah. I think it's going to work. I know there's some difficulties moving from the left to the right, but I, I, I just, I'm optimistic about that. What I'm not so sure about is how they're going to play football with no fans in the stands. And it could change now, but, you know, the, the edict out of Philly just yesterday was that you're not going to have any fans all season. But now today they kind of backed off on that a little bit, saying it's kind of a fluid situation and, you know, it could change later on. But what's it going to be like playing football with nobody in the stands? Well, they're already talking about pumping in crowd sounds. So, obviously, there'll be cheers. You don't know how they're going to work the whole boo situation. I personally think that for sure the beginning of the season, no fans. I think think as things start to progress, we can start seeing at least maybe season ticket holders get first chance of buying, and then they social distance them within the stadium. I mean, especially because this isn't like a blanket ruling between, you know, the whole sport of football and – uh, the world really with no fans and, you know, large gatherings, because just to say, just because Pennsylvania is, isn't allowing it, why can't Kansas city chiefs have theirs? If, you know, if their numbers haven't spiked or, you know, 
just non-existent basically anymore. So, if, and you can't really tell Roger Goodell just to put out a statement saying for all states, no matter what, you're not allow, allowed to have fans in your stands. I mean, it's going to be a case by case basis. So I think as the season starts to move on, we can start seeing more fans in the stands. Yeah, I think from Goodell's standpoint, it's not his job. This yeah. is his job. Uh, but but the other thing is you can't have – there is a home field advantage, no doubt. Absolutely. Advantage. So uh, you can't have some teams have that, some teams not. That obviously is a big deal. The whole piping in the noise, we'll talk a little more about that. Because <laughs> um, that's just bizarre to me. But, um, you know, it, I guess we mentioned this a little bit last week, Chad. I guess what bothers me a little bit or confuses me is we're talking about full speed ahead, or at least trying to be full speed ahead for three other sports and soccer, if you want to call that a sport. And, <laughs> but, but football and college football are seeming to be running the other direction. And that, that's surprising to me because it, it just doesn't make any sense. One last thing on Jason Peters. Um, if he's 350 pounds or whatever he plays at, he can't play guard at that weight. He better mm, it's true. far less than 350 if he's going to be a guard. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. So, uh, yeah, we don't know what's going on. And plus, there's probably not going to be any exhibition games. There, there may be two preseason games, but I, I think there's going to end up being zero. So, yeah, they're going to kind of go into this cold, but they still haven't agreed on everything, you know, the players and the team owners as far as the specifics. So it's still a mystery, but at least we're getting closer to baseball, basketball, and hockey. So we're going to have something in a week or two. Yeah, one, one comment uh, that I do know about the NFL bubble, if you will call it that, each team will basically have, a, have their own bubble. Um, the entire organization, basically, anybody that has anything to do with camp is going to go through daily tests. So let's call it 125 people. I, I don't know what the right number would be. Players, uh, training staff, you know, coaches, videos, everybody. Every day, they all have to be tested. Um, it's going to be a massive undertaking for the league. And that, those tests have to be sent off. They're not like any quick deal you pee in a cup at your job type thing. These are real tests that have to be sent off. It's, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of rough waters ahead for the NFL. I can't disagree. Shall we switch, uh, talk a little baseball, Bill? Let's talk some baseball. All right, so, Joey, here's the deal. Barring the last-minute snafu, which, frankly, wouldn't shock me, we okay. are going to have some Major League Baseball next week. Uh, they're playing some, you know, in-house games right now. I actually I found it on YouTube. I'm watching it right now on my phone. There you go. Uh, they're going to have a couple exhibition games, I believe, next week. And then yeah. it starts for real, in the Phillies' case, next Friday. So are you excited about that? Or given everything that's happened, are you kind of just lukewarm on the whole prospect of baseball this year? The fact that we're nine days away, I mean, I, I couldn't be more happy because I've, I've missed baseball so much. And just the way things were going, there was a possible strike that we were seeing between negotiations with money and greed and whatever you may want to call it. Uh, just the fact that we finally got, you know, a schedule. We got, you know, in-house games going on right now. It's going to be – it's going to be, again, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because – the Phillies, they they tend to sometimes like they tend to start off hot. They pop with the bat, you know. They'll, they'll get the runs up, and this is not a marathon anymore. This is a sprint. So there is going to be no lull for anybody to slump in, you know, their batting average or their play on the field. I mean, this is a you know, get your butt in gear and get ready for the playoffs possibly because 
I mean, once the season starts, you're looking at 60 games and that is playoff time. So it's, it's, it's going to be odd. It's going to be different. And I think that because of, they want to change so many rules, number one, there's a possibility they keep the ump behind the pitcher. Uh, there's the, the runner on second if it goes into extra innings, the universal DH. If there's, an, if there's any other perfect time to do it, it's this right now, and then even into next season because we don't know when – or well, we do know when the next season is going to start, but we don't know what type of changes they will have going further. You know, Bill's a big fan of that runner on second thing, I think. Uh-huh. Right, Bill? Well, I tell you what, I've, I've, <laughs> I haven't heard the thing for Major League Baseball to have the umpire behind the mound. Now, that, that – I'd rather have the guy on second. <laughs> but, hey, hey I got to ask you, though, from a fan standpoint, I mean, this is a big deal. Uh, what do you think about no fans? What do you think about cardboard faces? In this? The, the cardboard cutout thing is one of the most bizarre things. Yeah. It, it really is. It's one of the most bizarre things. I, I honestly thought it was a joke the first time I read it. Um, again, with the, with the pumping of the crowd noise. You see, the first time I heard about this was uh, Fox was saying that they were going to do it for all football games. I personally just thought it was going to be the channel airing it. I didn't know it was going to be pumped in through the stadium as if, you know, it was a live uh, audience. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know how to feel about it because I think you can't really have the, the players mic'd up because there would definitely have to, be, have to be a delay. And then how many dumps do you actually get until you're caught up? <laughs> so, I mean, they have to do something just to protect themselves, really. Yeah, good point. Well, I heard them, uh, a segment on the radio today where I guess uh, Milwaukee was playing somebody. Maybe it was the inner squad. I don't know. But anyway, they piped in the booing of Christian Yell. <laughs> and it was, uh, I mean, it, was, it just sounded goofy, you know? Yeah. And they were, uh, but they were doing it as a test, I guess, to see how, how it was going to sound. And, you know, I, I guess the, the one thing on a positive note is probably once you watch this a few times and you say, man, that's messed up, that's messed up. But then as the game starts yeah. being played, it becomes background noise and you're not really caught up in all that. It just is what it is and you're watching the game. And that's what I'm hoping for because all, uh, to me, the rest is just kind of a sideshow. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, like you said, it will become just more of the norm as games go on. You may, hell, you may even forget that it is crowd pumped in noise. It may just be a part of the game at, at that point. I did hear that with the Phillies, uh, the, with the Phillies game yesterday, somebody hit a home run and they had like Harry's voice say, that ball's out of here. So like, if they're going to start putting those little things in there, obviously high hopes at the end of the game for a Phillies win. I mean, I'm all for that stuff. Well, uh, speaking of Harry, Joey, tell us about that uh, little Harry drawing over your right shoulder. That uh, that's a Christmas present from my wife about uh, two years ago. I'm a uh, ha- Harry is one of my idols. Uh, I mean, the, I still remember the day that he passed exactly where I was. Uh, it's just one of the th- those things that live with you. I actually went to his his public funeral down at the ballpark. Uh, I got you know his book. I mean, the, the guy is just he's a treasure one of the best to ever do it in the business. And I, I love them to this day. All right. I'm with you. So back to the Phillies uh, for just a minute before we switch over real quick. Uh, yeah. How, how do you like their chances coming coming into this short sprint? Uh, <laughs> well, it, I was the most optimistic last week when we were going over the uh, the schedule and our predictions on our show. Uh, I, I came out bold and I said 42 and 18. And again, <laughs> 
Yeah, I know, I know. Thinking back on it, maybe I'm just a little too optimistic. Maybe I should be a little more realistic. But, no, I honestly think that they're going to have a really good season. I think the lineup from from front to back, they're going to have a lot more pop. They're going to score the runs. You got Didi somewhere in the in the back end of that lineup. He's You know, he bats for average. Uh, Harper, a lot of people called his season last season a down season. I don't understand how. 114 RBIs, the most he's ever had in a season. Obviously, his you know 35 plus home runs is up there with average with with him. You get McCutcheon back, who nobody's talking about. You would now have a DH spot where Jay Bruce can come in there and hammer the ball. Uh, it's all going to come down to pitching. Aaron Nola, yes, he reported to he reported to the ballpark, but he may still opt out. We don't know. Zach Wheeler, his wife's about to have a child, yeah. so even if he reports to the team and gets started, she can go into labor and then he takes his uh, his leave and then doesn't come back. So, I mean, the fact if you if you would have told me three months ago that we could be going into game one with Zach Eflin or Jake Arrieta as our number one pitcher, I would I would be you know. I want to have, you know, great things to say about this season. But uh, I, I think Jake – I think Jake's going to have a bounce back year. I think Zach is going to improve on, on his season last season. And now Nick Pavetta and uh, Vinny, now you're looking at possibly them being your third and fourth starter, Ranger Suarez being your fifth. I mean, if the pitching is there – and, of course, I'm talking with Aaron and Wheels – then I, I'm very optimistic. I'm, I'm going to stick with 42 and 18 just because that's originally what I said. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's where we're going from there. <laughs> Joey, Bill and I will make our predictions next week. We okay. always do that right before the season. So Bill and I are going to make our predictions next week. But I'll tell you right now, uh, it will not be 42 wins from either of us. I'm pretty <laughs> sure of that. Hey, and, and Understandable. One other name I got to throw out there that I'm excited about is, uh, and I'm hoping he's with us in that DH spot is that Alec Ball. I think he's, yeah, he's my guy, and uh, I think he's really going to be something special, especially if he can come up and just swing the bat, not have to play the field yet. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure what they're going to do with him yet because I don't know if they want to. I, I don't want to say risk him due to, you know, get injured or whatever, you know, in such a strange season. But I agree with you. He needs to get up here and he needs to get his reps, whether at first base, third base, or just batting as, as a DH. But I think a big part of what Alec Bohm does or doesn't do this season has to lay on Reese Hoskins because he had a second half of the season that was just god-awful last season. And you can't expect him to duplicate that. It would be extremely hard for him to duplicate that. But if by chance he does – and they might put Bohm at first and put Reese as the as the DH just to you know try and get his his, bat, his batting back on track. And and then again with the, you don't know who's going to be in, in uh, third base. It's either Segura or Kingery. And then you have Bohm waiting in the wing. So this could again this could be the season where you see them uh, experiment with a lot. And I think one of the biggest upgrades on top of the signings is Joe Girardi. They now have the DH, and he was a manager in a league for X amount of years with the DH. He knows how to work this roster. And I think you're going to see much, much improvement other than what we saw the past two seasons with uh, Bozo Kapler. I'm with you. Hey, Chad, how about some basketball? I want to talk about the Sixers and the bubble and people not wanting to play and people breaking out of the bubble. And, <laughs> oh, my goodness, this thing's got a chance to really be messy. Yeah, well, let me tell you uh, – I'm excited about the Sixers. I like this whole thing with what they're doing. I don't know why my picture's not showing up right now, but uh, I got you. We okay. got you. All right. Anyway, I, I don't know why so many people are critical of the switch to 
uh, Ben Simmons at the power forward and Shake Milton at the point guard. I think it's going to be kind of fun, and I'm looking forward to it. I mean, yeah, I wish they would have kind of tried that back in January or February. Yeah. But, uh, you know, here we go. I think Brett Brown's got nothing to lose. So if it works, he's a genius. If it doesn't, people say, ah, they weren't going to win anyway. So what do you think, Joey? Well, I'm personally excited to see Jake Milton finally get a starting spot in, you know, the, the, the starting roster with Ben and Joel in there. I don't know if it's great timing, though, because do you really want to take the ball out of Ben's hands? I saw a clip earlier from one of their, one of their practices, and, I mean, he's banging back three-pointers again. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't know. And there's reports of that he was working out with Dwayne Wade, uh, you know, throughout the – I don't even know if he can call it an offseason. I guess the pandemic season. Uh, but I'm excited to see those three, three go. And I like that Brett came out and said that basically – He's reworking these rosters. Basically, he has an Embiid lineup, and he has a Horford lineup. Hmm. So I think there's going to be a lot of change with that. Um, but also, also to say with Brett Brown, like you want to talk about being on the bubble, he was on the bubble of losing his job. And I think now this kind of this is this was like a safety net for him because not only did they give him a, a three year extension just a year ago, but now now he kind of has an excuse, not really an excuse, but the, I guess the owners will kind of look at it as an excuse to give him another season and not have the fan base really come down on him too hard for it. Yeah, I, I think it's a great move, actually. I. You know, one of the things I like most about Simmons is he's fast and he runs the court. Yeah. You have to be fast to run the court with the ball. So if Milton's pushing it down and Simmons is on the other end, there's nothing wrong with that. And I, I think it's a good move. And, you know, if if Simmons is more well, willing to take that shot uh, that he needs to take, hey, all the better. I like it. Yeah, and I think one more thing with with Shake Milton was you got to his work ethic is there because basically when he got all those minutes and he he took off he he played lights out. Now when it came around the All Star break, uh, Brett Brown said to him, he said, "Listen, the minutes aren't going to be there for you going forward, but be ready, stay you know stay ready." And then when he got his opportunity again, every time he comes in and he balls out. So I mean, I'm really excited for him. And another thing you have to realize is. Last year, they, they gave him an extension as well, a four-year extension, and it was on the low. It was about a million dollars per season. So, I mean, they're going to have a really good, talented uh, point guard at, you know, a very favorable salary for years to come. So that's great. If they play Miami in the first round and they lose, is Brett Brown gone? I still don't think so. I mean, and think of this, who would have to fire him? It would be Elton Brand, correct? Well, who got Elton Brand his job? Brett Brown. So, <laughs> so I, I, I almost feel like Elton Brand would possibly fall on the sword for Brett Brown and just, you know, let the chips fall where they lay. You may be right. Or lay where they fall. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's talk flyers. We got to get one more segment in here. Let's, <laughs> talk, let's talk flyers. Um, uh, they're getting ready to head off to Toronto. Uh, obviously, they're not going to come back uh, as hot as when they left. Yeah. I, I, but I think uh, I'm excited about their chances because I think Elaine Vigneault is outstanding, and I think uh, he'll have this team ready to go quickly. And uh, I'm, I'm probably as excited about hockey as I am about anything right now. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a big fan of Vigneault. I thought the signing of him was great. I, he, he has a defensive mind. So, you know, that's where they really struggled in past seasons. And, that, and then with Fletch, I mean, he came in and he started making moves right away. 
Kevin Hayes, I mean, everyone was complaining about him, like the overpayment. Well, if he, if you have that much confidence in him and you have to pay, overpay him just a little bit, in fact, they had to trade for him just for the rights to try and sign him. So yeah. they did what they had to do to get him on the roster. And now he, he just won the Gene Hart Award. I mean, this guy is playing fantastic. The, the, the fan base is starting to, if they haven't already fallen in love with him. Uh, I think I, I do kind of like the hub cities. Because I feel like they're going to go and they're only going to, like, they're really going to concentrate on hockey, where all the other distractions will be out of it. Um, I worry about rust because it's been so long. I mean, getting on the ice compared to a field or a court is a little bit different. Uh, they might not, may not have their legs under them. I mean, I'm sure, you know, they've been hitting the links. This is usually, usually when they're hitting the links. So, I mean, who knows if everybody's mindset is going to be there, but I think that I, like you said, I think they're going to get in, they're going to start fast and they just got to stay hot. Uh, I don't really know with the round robin, whether it's best to stay fourth or stay first or really what, what that is going to entail. But I, I have, I have much confidence in them. I'm very excited for it. And I think it's August 2nd is the first game of the, of the round robin. Don't quote that me on that. Right. I believe it is. Uh, I mean, really, just August 2nd. Get here fast, please. I like Elaine Vigneault a lot, and he is now one of the three finalists for the Jack Adams Award, Coach of the Year, well-deserved. And I think he's going to have these guys ready. So, yeah, I'm excited about watching these guys play. And, Bill, let me ask you, uh, do you think we're going to see any of Brian Elliott, or are they just going to ride Carter Hart all through the playoffs? Well, you know how I feel about it. I'd be using Carter Hart. He's the one that gives them the chance to win. Uh, I would be using him if he goes cold. You have Elliott there. But it's too late to do the two-man rotation now. I think you dive in with your best chance to win, and to me, that's Carter Hart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, Joey, what we do, because we're running out of time with you. Um, no problem. What we like to try to do uh, every time we have a first-time uh, guest, Chet likes to play what he calls Fast Five, where he asks five kind of simple questions. You give five simple answers. You up for that? Absolutely. All right. Have at it, Chet. All right, here we go, Joe. Number one, the Eagles, of course, won the Super Bowl two and a half years ago. Which of Philly's four major pro teams will win a title next? I'm going Phillies. Okay, interesting. You have more faith in that pitching staff than I do. (laughs) I got to tell you. All right, you didn't see much of Julius Irving or Mike Schmidt's career. None of the Broad Street Bullies or Brian Propp. Not a whole lot of Reggie White as an Eagle. Who are your three or four favorite Philly athletes of the past 30 years, Joey? Uh, Chase Utley, Brian Dawkins, and Allen Iverson. Didn't even have to think about that, man. You know, you know who you <laughs> like. All right, number three, which head coach or, if baseball, manager of the last three decades did you dislike the most? Ooh. A lot of candidates. Ooh. Well <laughs> – I, I kind of want to say Chip Kelly, but that first season he was here with everything new, he was he, everything exciting and new he was bringing in. You, I, you kind of had to love it, but then the next two seasons was garbage. But I'm still going with Gabe Kapler. That guy stunk. Johnny Davis for me, the Sixers uh, coach. Never okay. All right. Uh, number four. Yeah, if I say name a great sports movie, what are the first two or three that come to mind? Oh, uh, Major League. I got to go Invincible, Ooh. and I will go Remember the Titans. Okay, not bad. Number five, I saw you were on Tim's Metal Show last month. <laughs> Is metal your music genre of choice? 
I'm a very complex, diverse person. I, I listen to everything. Uh, do I have a love for hard rock and metal music? Yeah, absolutely. But then again, I grew up listening to Billy Joel and James Taylor and, you know, just the, the classic rock side of things. So, I mean, I'm, I'm all over the place, to be honest with you. Yeah, same with me. And I got a bonus question because, uh, you know, later on I'm talking about beer. I scoured your Facebook page and I saw, <laughs> among other things, pictures of beer, bourbon, and hard seltzer. So what's no your drink of choice? No secret. Ooh, well, I just got back from the shore from for, for three days and I drank all above of what you just named. <laughs> so uh, what is my drink of choice? You know what? I do have a favorite beer right now and it's 21st Amendment Hell or High Watermelon. Hell or high watermelon yep. It is. It's so good. It's so good. So right now, that's my favorite beer. All right. I tried it. It didn't quite make my, you know, top 10 or 15, but I, I liked it. It was nice. It was smooth. Um, didn't make the favorites, but I like it. Good choice. Okay. I don't know what to make of you guys. Watermelon, <laughs> blueberry. I know blueberry's going to come up. Oh, just wait. Yes. Come on, guys. <laughs> well, I mean, it might, I guess my go-to would be Bud Light. Okay. So. Banana bread beer, Joey. I'm wow. telling you. Try oh, it. My <laughs> well, hey, Joey, we are out of time. Uh, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Good stuff. We uh, looking forward to working with the Edge of Philly guys, and uh, we're 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 excited about it. Cool, man. Thank you very much. And uh, again, thank you very much for having me on your great program. All awesome. Right. Appreciate Thanks, you. All right, hey Chet, let's take a quick break. Thank our sponsor, Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. You know, if you're, if you're looking for insurance in this tri-state area, Chet, we have that spot for you, and that is Allstate Insurance in Westchester. Yes, it is. You got that right, Bill. Uh, one of the best benefits of having an Allstate insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoie, who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's <laughs> needs. Someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what is most important to you and your family. Call Dave today at Allstate in Westchester, Pennsylvania, 610-430-0700. Again, 610-430-0700. And, you know, Bill, it was 30 years ago this week. In fact, it was July 13th, 1990, to be exact, that I saw one of my favorites in concert for a fourth and final time, the great David Bowie. Oh, we come to heroes. I was a big Bowie fan, saw him four times, as I said, loved him, and uh, that was kind of a greatest hit store, a fitting way to see him for that final time. I actually, uh, I, I like Bowie too. Never saw him in person, but uh, I did enjoy his music. He was, uh, he was pretty good back in our day. You know, meanwhile, Bill, uh, July 13th was also the 35th anniversary of Live Aid at Philly's JFK and London's Wembley Stadium. Our guest Joey was just a toddler at that point. Uh, you weren't there, were you? I was not. I did not live here at that time. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't make it either. And a lot of people will say, how the heck weren't you there? Big music fan. I don't know the answer other than I'll tell you this. I got married, my first wife, uh, six weeks before that. So I'm guessing that when tickets went on sale, uh, I was like busy doing the whole getting ready for this marriage thing, which lasted two and a half years. So I was going to say, maybe that's why she was an ex-wife. She didn't want you to go. Yeah, maybe. I don't even remember that. That whole period is a blur now. Uh, well, hey, you talked about some beer. Uh, what's going on over at the Irish Rover Station House? How are they holding up with all this stuff? And I guess some new rules came out today that aren't going to be helpful for those folks. And, uh, man, it's sad. 
Yeah, uh, the new rules, I think they're going to limit it now to 25% capacity for indoor seating at restaurants like this. Uh, no alcohol to go unless you were eating there at the same time. It's kind of weird, but uh, yeah, they're, they're still chugging along. Um, the tables are spaced further apart. Like I said, they're going to limit the uh, number of people inside right now. But they are open every day, Monday through Wednesday, 3 to 9 p.m., Thursday through Saturday, 1 to midnight, and then Sunday, 1 to 9, it's the Irish Rover. They're on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne, and they're on Facebook and on the web at irishroverstationhouse.com. And, Bill, this is weird. We're doing, like, two commercials back-to-back, then we're just going to talk. But we do have to get another music clip in here, and you were absolutely right. Another Rock and Roll Hall of Famer celebrating a birthday today. We say happy 74th to the great Linda Ronstadt. Oh, it's so easy. Linda fan? Oh yeah, oh yeah. But isn't it? Is it her seventy fifth? I thought it was her seventy fifth. I don't know. I I wrote down seventy fourth. I occasionally make a mistake, but I thought it was seventy fourth. Well, I thought it was seventy fifth, but that's okay. She was good in the day. I guess she has throat issues, right? She can't. Yeah, she's got some kind of issue, so she hasn't uh, sung in at least ten years. And I hope she's doing well. Otherwise, uh, from what I understand, there was a great documentary out about her last year. Ray Didinger raved about it. He said it's one of his favorite music documentaries er- ever. So I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, a Linda Ronstadt documentary. Look for it and we'll, we'll watch it. All right. Well, hey, Chet, we rolled out our Philly Press Box Radio Hall of Fame preview about 10 days ago with the voting to close yesterday. And unfortunately, our ballot got hacked. <laughs> Not sure how that happened, but we had one person fill out the same ballot about 120 times, minute after minute after minute, and they did not log back in to the page each time. So uh, anyway, um, we're going to revert back to where we were last Wednesday. So some people's votes probably didn't get counted, um, but we had that count for last Wednesday. And and actually, the loaded ballots didn't really change the outcome too much because somebody else loaded some in there too. (laughs) Um, So we're not sure how that happened. It was a new polling system on the website that uh, this year from what we've used in the past. But anyway, um, so we've got our three fan picks. Uh, You and I have one and let's go ahead and get it done. And uh, we'll, we'll make it from there. Damn Putin. Did I just say that? Uh, yeah, it is unfortunate, but yeah, we did see how the voting was trending ahead of the hack. Uh, so I think that is the proper way to handle a bill. And either way, a certain Eagles quarterback who wore number five, again, failed to garner much support, either before the hack or from the hackers. Nobody loves Donovan. Unbelievable. So let, let's hit it. Uh, we'll run through these. We'll get down to the to the final three, and then you and I have to make a decision and uh, – put our guys in there. So uh, let's go from the bottom to the top. Okay. So number 16, and then we had three tied. It would be like 13, 14 and 15. That was Darren Dalton was dead last. The next group was Chet Walker, Ron Hextall and Jimmy Rollins. And then followed by your guy, Seth Joyner and Donovan McNabb, which gets us to the top 10. No love for Joyner, no love for McNabb. Yeah. All right. Uh, There were two guys tied for ninth. So in other words, ninth and 10th, that would be Mo Cheeks and Gary Maddox. 
And then uh, former Eagles Hall of Famer Bob Boomer Brown coming in at number eight. Yeah, Boomer got a little more support this year. Um, number seven, Chase Utley. Number six, Randall Cunningham. Number five, Ryan Howard. And number four, Mike Quick. All right, now we get down to the nitty-gritty. Uh, number three, and therefore an automatic induction by fan vote into our Philly Press Box Radio Hall of Fame, it's the hard-nosed Flyers forward who's currently the coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, Rod Brindamore. Congratulations. Rod Brindamore is in. That gets to number two, who is also an automatic vote by the fans, and that would be that Tugger. The Tug McGraw makes it into our Philly Press Box Hall of Fame. Don't know that you can argue with that one, Chet. Probably not, but here's one you could argue with. Number one, and automatically in, he's, I guess, the head Broad Street bully himself from those back-to-back -back Stanley Cup flyers. Uh, Dave the Hammer Schultz won the popular vote. Go figure. Yeah, well, Chet, uh, I'll say it. Schultz, McGraw, Brendan Moore are in. Did the fans get it right? I'm nothing if not honest, Bill, and uh, honestly, no, they did not. Rod Brindamore, definitely worthy, uh, but in my humble opinion, there are far better and far more deserving Philly athletes who should have gone in ahead of Schultz, certainly, and maybe even ahead of the late, great Tugger. So uh, that's just the way I feel. Tugger was borderline for me. Schultz, and I hope he's not listening because I don't want him to hurt me, Schultz is not Hall of Fame worthy. Well, and, and you and I will disagree on that uh, because I, I feel like, although obviously not the greatest of hockey players, he was, he was the guy that made things. A lot of things happened for those teams. Um, without him in the Broad Street Bullies, they don't do what they did. Uh, I think he was an integral part of, of making that happen. And, uh, you know, they're – is he the greatest player? Certainly not. Is he maybe the best teammate? Maybe so. Yeah, he was a great teammate and certainly an important part of what they did. He had that 20-goal season, too, and all those penalty minutes, he was great to watch, a lot of fun. People loved the fights back in those days. But uh, for me, that's not enough to be a Hall of Famer, even in Philadelphia alone. Okay. Well, now you have one. I have one. You're up. One of the 13. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did not pick the same guy. So uh, we didn't confer on this beforehand. Uh, if we did pick the same guy, I I'd be shocked. Bill, as you might have guessed, I gave Seth Joyner consideration because he absolutely deserves to be in. I thought about the two quarterbacks on our list, Randall and, yes, Donovan. So many great years and highlight film plays from both of those guys. And I thought about putting the first of the 2008 Phillies championship team guys, you know, into our hall, whether it be Howard or Utley or J-Roll, they're going to get in eventually. I considered all of those guys, and to a lesser extent, Mo Cheeks and Mike Quick. But ultimately, I went back to the first guy I mentioned who happened to be a first-time candidate for our little hall. I'm not sure why it took so long for this guy to get on our ballot. Let's call it an oversight on both of our parts. But yes, it is Seth Joyner, Bill. I know he didn't score well in the fan battling, but check out what this eighth round draft choice did during his eight terrific seasons as an Eagles linebacker, 37 sacks, 17 interceptions. He played with three other teams later on, finally won a Super Bowl with the Broncos, ended up as the only player in league history with at least 50 sacks and 20 interceptions to go with 26 forced fumbles. 
I don't know why you don't give him the support that he deserves, Bill. His numbers are better. I said this before. Better than Hall of Famers Derek Brooks and Junior Seau. Look it up if you don't believe me. He went into the Eagles Hall of Fame in 2018. Now he's going into our hall. It is Seth Joyner, Bill. <laughs> okay. So we're down to one. And uh, I don't actually have my write-up because I don't know where it is. <laughs> but, but I knew who I was going to pick. I was surprised that you didn't pick him. And uh, I thought um, I thought he was going to get in on the fan vote. And this might surprise you, but I'm going with the number four guy in the fan vote, and that's Mike Quick. Uh, I, I, you know, the numbers speak for themselves. He's got a handful of 1,000-yard seasons, uh, still holds a ton of Eagles receiving records uh, to this day. Um he actually, when he started out on the ballot just a year or two ago, he didn't get a whole lot of love either. Uh, more than more than your boy Five and uh, and Joiner did. But uh, I'm going with Mike Quick as my guy, Chet. All right, uh, I can't argue with Mike Quick. That's a good selection, and I think Seth Joiner is a very good selection too. Maybe you don't, but I do. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you who I really gave serious consideration to, and it, this was kind of odd. I think Mo Cheeks. Uh, no, it wasn't Mo Cheeks, okay. but it was Ryan Howard. Um, yeah, I did too. And, and the fan voting, Ryan Howard actually had more votes. Jason, Jimmy Rollins being the third third of the three, which is a little bit surprising to me. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, Ryan Howard did in a five-year period what no Philly, including Mike Schmidt, has ever done. And uh, I, gave, I gave Howard long and hard consideration. Uh, for this pick well let me tell you i did too I, as i said i was thinking you know one of these guys should be going in very soon and if i was going to pick one of them it was going to be ryan howard just because of those five amazing years i think jimmy rollins has a more legitimate chance at the baseball hall of fame it's still kind of a long shot but i think he's got the best shot of the three key guys to get into the baseball hall in cooperstown but I was going to go with Ryan Howard if I did pick one of those Phillies just because he was just so great to watch the power. Those, those years that I mentioned, he was just amazing. The 58 home run year. Um, Ryan Howard would have been my Phillies selection if I were to go that way. Yeah. Bummer. The, you know, the injury's a bummer for Howard and it, you know, a lot of Philadelphia fans kind of, you know, turned on him a little bit because he just couldn't, he wasn't a quarter of himself there the last couple of years, but what are you going to do? Injury's an injury. And, uh, but what he did when he was healthy was something special. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, well, we'll talk more about that later. So do you want to wrap up the segment with who we yep. put in? We have, uh, our final class, 2020, Dave Schultz, Tug McGraw, Rod Brindamore, Seth Joyner, and Mike Quick are our five for 2020. Not bad. And listen, we're going to have to talk about all this for next year. I think maybe we should drop a guy or two from the ballot. Here's some other guys to consider. I think all these guys should be on the ballot, if not next year, soon. See what you think. David Akers, Eric Allen, for sure. Jerome Brown, Trent Cole, eh. Pete Redslaff, Troy Vincent, Brian Westbrook, for sure. Uh, Doug Collins, John LeClaire, Bobby Abreu, Kurt Schilling, uh, Bernard Hopkins, and maybe even Scott Rowland. Okay. You, you look underwhelmed. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're okay. <laughs> I'm not sure who you take off the list. Um, 
You going to put Bobby Abreu on, take Darren Dalton off? I mean, yeah, I would take Darren that. Dalton off for sure. Dalton um, doesn't belong. You know, you put John LeClaire on and take Ron Hextall off. Uh, you know, I think it's kind of it's kind of hard to take guys off, but obviously you can't have thirty people on it either. So, um, yeah, I and mean, we'll talk about it. Figure out figure out the best way to go. But uh, they're all good names you put on there. I'm not sure many of them are Hall of Fame worthy though. But. Okay, so here's an idea: expand it to twenty next year, but only let the fans vote in two, and then you get one and I get one. We could try that too. Just because, you know, we, we got the cream of the crop already. And now I think it's getting bloated if we put five in every year, you know? All right. I'm with you. Okay. All right. Hey, let's jump over. Let's talk about uh, our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page. So people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They change some things up with their very popular mystery boxes and razzes with just 11 lines available. So your chances of winning are one in 11. Great odds. Check out the Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. And Chad, hey, uh, great guest tonight in Edge of Philly Sports, Joey Sharon, a.k.a. Joey Delco. Who do we have coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? Well, you're going to like this one, Bill. With the Phillies set to play their first game that matters a week from Friday, we're going to have a return visit from one of the few folks who will be allowed into the stadium for the games because he's going to be behind the mic introducing each batter to an empty stadium. He's also the guy who's been introducing us the past 15 months. It is the great Dan Baker. Really excited to have Dan back with us again on the eve of the start of baseball season 2020. Wow, that's going to be great because uh, that was one of the questions I was going to mention with Joey. And, uh, you know, what about the PA announcer announcing into an empty stadium? It's, uh, it, it, it'll be really interesting to see what Dan has to say about that. Yeah, I can't wait to talk to Dan. To Dan. So uh, if all goes well, he'll be joining us live. He has to check the schedule beginning of the week, but he, he's confident he will be, will be able to join us live next Wednesday. So let's hope so. All right. Well, hey, uh, a couple things that we didn't get to with Joey, I wanted to throw back out with you, Chet. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, for one, sent nine people home with uh, coronavirus. Uh, that, that's a big deal as hockey's getting ready to start. Um, what, what's your thoughts on that? And, and I know you're still skeptical of this thing. Any of this is even really going to happen. <laughs> I, I actually wasn't aware of that happening. And that, that is a concern, certainly. Um, yeah, I, I, like I said before, I'm going to be surprised if all three of the teams that are starting up soon, all three of the leagues that are starting up soon, uh, are able to complete their seasons. I think something's going to go wrong for at least one of them. I hope that I'm wrong. But, uh, yeah, that, that's a concern when you got guys, you know, coming down with that um, and the possibility of it spreading further. So definitely something to watch. So far, so good from what we hear from the Flyers situation. Uh, it's going to be something that we're going to keep an eye on, not only the next couple of weeks, but the next couple of months and the way it's sounding into 2021, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Uh, let's jump over and talk about the NBA for just a second because it, the reality is now here in uh, – you know, the, the, the slogans on the back of the jerseys, I, I don't know, a lot of people don't seem to want to talk about it, 
but it's here and it's going you know they are going to do it and the league is encouraging them the players to do it so they're right i guess um fans a lot of fans don't like that uh bad move bad pr for the nba uh, is it going to turn people away this may surprise you but i'm not a fan of it uh I'm surprised me. I am often, you know, kind of a liberal thinking guy, but I just don't see the need for it. You know, the players can make their statements in other ways. Um, I'm generally okay with, you know, protests of certain types, but I don't see why you need to do this. Uh, you know, just make your statement. You, you can tweet things, um, maybe do some kind of organized protest before a game or whatever. But, yeah, I don't think you need them on the jerseys like that. doesn't doesn't make sense to me. I don't see the need. No, I don't either. And I, and I, I really believe it's a, an awful PR move for the NBA. I just – maybe I'm miscalculating, but um, it, it's not what fans want to see. I, I'm just – Maybe I'm maybe I'm being a little too old school on that, but I just don't see it. I just yeah, I'm actually with you on this one though. But you know, we were talking about the Sixers. Let me just say again, I'm pretty excited about this Sixers thing with Ben Simmons uh, moving to the four and still being able to hopefully take a few shots from at least you know 12 feet out. I know we get teased by the videos, but I just have a feeling this time something is going to be different, and uh, he's going to take to this new position and take a few, you know, step back 12 and 15 footers. And I would love to see it. Uh, it would make him so much better, so much more dangerous, and the Sixers better. So come on, Ben, don't disappoint me. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm excited about it, too. I think, I think they got a chance to be pretty good. And, and I, I like this situation. I'm not going to look back and say, why didn't Brett Brown do this sooner? Forget that. That's, that's before. This is now. Let's move on and, and go from there. Um, hey, listen, you, you talk for 30 seconds. I got to go grab something out here for uh, my prop. So, uh, <laughs> Oh, you forgot your props. I didn't forgot a prop. I'll be right back. <laughs> you never know. He, he's probably going out there to get his, uh, his load of beers that he's going to bring in to talk about here shortly. But uh, interesting times ahead in sports for everyone. And, uh, you know, from a fan standpoint, change is different. Uh, you know, if, and it, I'm going to hit Chad up when he gets back about Jeffrey Laurie coming back and saying, uh, oh, here he comes. So I'll just hold on to this. <laughs> hey, hey, Chad, one thing I did want to mention to you, you and you kind of talked about this for very quickly with that, uh, you know, things changed a little bit with the NFL today and in the state of Pennsylvania. And I guess Jeffrey Laurie, I didn't read the actual statement, but I saw a comment that Jeffrey Laurie said, no fans, no taxes uh -huh. uh, back to the city. So, there's leverage going on. It this is going to be this is going to be really interesting. Yeah, boy, there's there's a lot of things to work out not only with the league but you know, locally in Philadelphia with all the officials and a lot of people are not happy about this no fan thing, especially if not only it, it happens with the Eagles games but going into the Sixers and Flyers season then in, you know, November and December or whenever they're going to start after the 2020 season ends. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. All right. Well, hey, we got to jump over because I think you have to talk about beer. I'm still out of breath from running 10 feet because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beer. Uh, it's my parting shot, actually. So part of my parting shot. Well, go ahead and hit it. We'll bounce okay. back. All right. I wrote a piece about this topic, one of my favorite topics on our website. And, yes, it is beer. And as I noted, it was one of the few New Year's resolutions I've ever managed to keep. Drink more craft beer. 
hey, why not? In a nutshell, I sampled about 30 different new-to-me craft brews, some of which had uh, better cans and better names, like this one, Arrogant Bastard Ale. Great name, great can, but eh, it actually said right on the back of the can, this is an aggressive beer. You probably won't like it. They were right, <laughs> those arrogant bastards. Anyway, a few things to know about my beer likes and dislikes as I knock stuff on the floor. Uh, I'm not an IPA guy. They're generally too hoppy and bitter for my taste, and most pilsners don't impress me. What I typically do like are lagers, Belgian-style wheat beers, and Hefeweizens, which are very similar. Uh, smooth beers that leave no or minimal aftertaste. Also, although I am a manly man, Go ahead and chuckle. Uh, I do enjoy some fruity beers, like those yeah. brewed with bananas, blueberries, oranges, etc. And yes, nutty beers. Having said all of that, these are my favorite five in no particular order. All right. We got, yes, banana bread beer. It's a beer made with bananas. And trust me, it tastes amazing. And while it's from the UK, it's made by Eagle Brewery. Lane Johnson would approve. Next, we have Bellhaven Scottish Ale. Yes, it is, of course, from Scotland, and it's a very smooth, nutty ale, absolutely delicious. I highly recommend it, Bellhaven Scottish Ale. The remaining three are all locally brewed. We have Summer Crush Citrus Wheat. This is a beer from Yards Brewing in Philadelphia. Nice little can, looks very summery. Um, some citrus beers you know, come off a little too sour tasting, but not this one. And then we have two more, oh, one of which I dropped on the floor. Uh, we have Barnegat Lager. It's one of my new favorite lagers ever. And the other one, also from Ship Bottom Brewery in Beach Haven, is, I love this can, Blueberry Bikini Bottom Wheat Ale. It's the perfect amount of a fruity flavor and whatever else. It's very refreshing and, as I said, a pretty neat can as well. So there you have it, Bill. Some of my favorite craft brews here in this otherwise forgettable year of 2020. And I say to you, cheers. Did you, did you save that blueberry thing for me to put that at number one? Just because you got Seth Joyner, you got blueberry beer. What, what is this? Yeah, it wasn't number one. It was just the top five. I didn't have a number one through five. They were just in random order. So I, I didn't want to pick a total favorite, but it is in my top five, definitely. Uh, maybe even Seth would like it. You never know. Well, maybe. Summer well, Crush. You, uh, I, I will say this for you, Chet, though. You've had a lot of fun with that over the last few months, uh, testing and showing what you were going to do each yeah. week and having a good time with that. Hey, it, there's no sports. You got to do something, right? Exactly. So yeah, 30 different beers I've tried since January 1st. I'm not kidding. And uh, I actually liked about you know, probably 25 of them. There but no, go. not arrogant bastard ale, despite the great can. You only had one of them, huh? Yeah, just one. It's, it's nice you can get some single cans of beers uh, in a lot of cases. And so that's when I try some of these ones that I know I'm probably not going to like, but it's a neat looking can to hang on to. So all right. And hey, uh, we do want to let our listeners know or, and our viewers know uh, we did have some technical difficulties tonight. Uh, our producer's office, our production office, is without electricity due to a lightning storm. Uh, been out all afternoon, so we had to scramble around, figure out the best we could. So the bells and whistles aren't necessarily here tonight, but uh, hopefully we had some good topics to talk about. Joey, 
Joey Sharon was great to uh, to have with us. So uh, we made the best we could, and we're going to figure out how to put this all back together, right, Chad? Yeah, we are. And uh, I don't know why we're even saying it now because the people are when they're watching it. It will have happened already, but yeah, we're going to get it done. And well, they people... won't see the bells and whistles, right? Or will they? <laughs> right. No, they will not see the bells and whistles. I'm not that talented. Uh, <laughs> unless no, we'll Billy get, can, we'll can get, add them we'll later. Billy back into the mix and Billy can fix it, I hope. Hey, Joey right. was great, though. We, we enjoyed having Joey on. Good guy. Absolutely. All right, let's wrap this thing up, Chet, unless you have anything else. Uh, let's see, 7.57. Now I'm hungry. Let's wrap it up. That's what I'm thinking. Probably thirsty, too, now. <laughs> It's thank tonight's special guest, Joey Sherrod, our producer behind the scenes, Billy Furman. He's still going to fix this thing up for us. Our sponsor is the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester for their continued support of the show. For Jim Chachesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, July 22nd at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, or on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts and others. I hope Philadelphia sports fans, and stay safe. Yeah. Oh.